Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. Uh, this week, my guest is Arlen Bonin. Uh, for people who don't know Ari, Ari is the co-host of Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk with myself and uh, Darcy White, uh, where we talk about a topic and we all have a different perspective. So Ari's coming from uh, the industrial flex mobile home park uh, in uh, multi-res sort of space. Uh, Darcy's into the larger multifamily. And for a long time, I was into the single family and I'm getting into the multifamily as well. So we all had a different perspective on it. So if you're uh, if you like listening to me, the episodes with me, and you like hearing uh, Ari, I suggest you come and check out our other podcast, Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. It's on all the same platforms, but it isn't a YouTube. Um, all the same uh, podcast things. Anyway, without further ado, Ari, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, do you want to give everyone kind of a little bit of an intro to yourself, uh, who you are, maybe some story, and then we'll we'll get into our topic today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Glenn. So uh, I was... I'm originally from France. I trained as a teacher, language teacher, and and then um, I also studied philosophy. So I uh, I'm a f- student of philosophy turned a real estate investor and entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, I moved to Canada about 15 years ago, and I I liked the uh, I discovered the entrepreneurial. Um, uh, mindset and I really really like it uh, this idea of uh, you know learning from your mistakes instead of you know the, the red marker in school um, uh, growing uh, helping each other and viewing the world as a, a world of opportunities and abundance and um, so I really enjoyed that about the Canadian culture and um, and and when I was living in Toronto, that's where I first moved. Uh, I, I first started working for a foundation, and all the funds came from from um, real estate. The founder was a real estate mogul, um, and they did uh, commercial plazas and malls, and that got me interested. And I wanted to, at my humble level, replicate the same model where. You become wealthy. You become a, well, a big fish, so that you can help others and make a difference in the world. And that's that was kind of my uh, my path and I a humble beginning. So uh, when I was living in Toronto, I looked at the numbers and the cash flow did not make sense to invest in Toronto. So I looked out east and created a portfolio out there, um, and then started investing in the U.S. Discovered mobile home park. And my niche is around affordable housing, and uh, and today I uh, uh, I help other investors grow their portfolio uh, by helping them find deals and evaluating those deals, and then the funds generated for me will go towards affordable housing, buying assets, and um, with the idea of uh, keeping the rents low, typically forty uh, percent of a. Uh, uh median income and um uh and the idea is not the i i make money not from uh the cash flow of the assets but i preserve the existing inventory of affordable housing that exists in canada or in the us and and the cash flow is from helping others uh acquire property okay well that's interesting and it actually raises a few questions for me 
So um, if you're, uh, maybe I'll start with the first one. So if you're like training people uh, how to do this, how, how does this look? So you, you, it sounded like you were helping them with the underwriting and, and everything else. How, how, does, how does that look? Like, how do you, like, do you meet up with them in person? Is it a Zoom call? Um, how do you, how do you make it make sense, right? That uh, you're part, do you, are, are you part of the deal? I'm just trying to guess at some things um, to, or, or are you just trying to help? Like, just maybe go over. There, how are, there are two cases. There is a, a case where the person is already a, a seasoned investor. So basically they have a buy box and I just go out there and, and find deals that meet their criteria. And then, um, and then it's going to be a, a simple fee. But then for people that want to establish a portfolio, then the idea is to, uh, so they, they need to educate themselves. I'm not going to do that, but uh, I can I can show them deals where the numbers uh, make sense. And I have a, a simple way of underwriting deals. For example, for mobile home parks, typically uh, you take the gross income and depending on how many homes are owned by the park, uh, that will dictate uh, the expense ratio. And then you have a cap rate you use. Is it in a, depending on the town? Is it is it in town? On the countryside and then you use that cap rate to come up with a, uh, an offer and uh, 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 yeah so that's how I, I help with a, uh, an easy underwriting to, to make sense of the numbers uh, to, to see if a, a deal is worth pursuing and then and then you do you do you do your due diligence and then and then you do your proper underwriting and then uh, and uh, yeah and you you consult with a, a you need to do your your own due diligence and your own do do underwriting. So if you're trying to um, create affordable housing, and but you also are trying to help people, does that like cause, like I'm just thinking from like the students I teach, a lot of them are looking to create a lot of income so they can leave their job. Um, does the angle of trying to afford or create affordable housing? Uh, hinder their ability to generate wealth to leave their job or wh whatever their objective is. Yeah, so these are two different things. So my okay. business... Oh, one's, people... one's you, one's them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One is me and it's just, uh, you know, that's... Yeah. I So I... Basically, the model I was I was shown was they made money and they had their own foundation. Yeah. And my model is my... My, I'm gonna like most entrepreneurs. You know, you solve a problem, a societal problem. the The solution is creating more inventory. The more the more inventory you have, the more you can have affordable housing. I'm not doing that. It's another set of skills. What I do is I preserve the existing inventory that's already affordable. So, and that's I don't make cash flow out of that, and I that's not why I help people purchase. Uh, I help people purchase. Um, uh, uh, other forms of assets, assets that that cash flow, and uh, and the thing is, I have uh, I have exposed myself to a lot of asset classes, so uh, I'm I'm familiar with uh, mobile home parks, multifamily, single family. Uh, I I know a bit about uh, industrial, um, retail, and uh, and the, the challenges and the what to look for in those asset classes as well. So you just bring brought up. Uh mobile home parks. And uh, just because I talk to you all the time, I know you were um, uh, selling or assigning a project that you had, which was a mobile home park. So for people who don't know like anything about mobile home parks or, or just know some super basics, um, 
what what makes a good mobile home park? Like what if you were looking for one of these? Uh, what kind of what kind of things do you see that you're like, hey, that's really good? And what things do you see is like that's a GameStop or we can't buy that that park? So to the history of the mobile home park, um, most of them were created after the war in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and and typically there is less of them being built, but there there are still some being built. Uh, Sam Zell is very famous for uh, having um, a REIT. Uh, I think the first REIT that was entirely focused on mobile home parks. I've studied the market here in southwestern Ontario. Lots of REITs are buying those mobile home parks, those mom and pop mobile home parks. What makes a good um, a good so yeah the history of so there was a lot of attention and a lot of people. Because people understand residential, so a lot of people wanted to go into residential real estate investing, so buying multifamily. And that became a bit overcrowded, and then people look, started looking at other asset classes, and they started looking at mobile home parks as, a, as an asset class. So you have different cases. There is um, So typically, you have uh, the land, and uh, in, in some cases, uh, all the homes are going to be owned by the tenants so that's kind of the um, simplest case the ideal case where you're not responsible for the improvements or the re reparation the repairs on the homes you're just responsible for the 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 sewer line the water lines uh, the electrical pedestals so that's the kind of the ideal case but there is a uh, so each you know as an entrepreneur, you're here to fix problems. If you right. own all the homes, it can be also, you know, you, you it commands a, a way higher rents and it's uh, it's similar to, a, to an apartment building. A little bit better because, you know, you have your own uh, little yard and um, uh, your own parking spot. So there are advantages to a mobile home park compared to an apartment building. And, and for the longest time, the cap rates, which is a cap rate being a... Um, uh, uh, a way of measuring and comparing assets with each other. The cap rates tended to be very high in mobile home parks. And um, so because of the competition, so the cap rates have started to compress, but there is still a lot of mom and pop owned mobile home parks. Okay. So I, I, like, I read a book on a mobile home parks a bunch of years ago and uh, what the way they were looking at it is they don't, they only wanted to own pads, right? Land, pads, utilities, and just send, sell like a lot rent is what they were looking for. Um, do you, the, the parks that you own, do you do you have the homes that you actually own the homes or do you own the pads or, or do you do a mix? Like what, 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 what strategy do you like? Hello everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com slash coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. Yeah, I like uh, I like the strategy where you don't own the homes, so that's less less headaches, uh, less less um, less cost. 
makes for way simpler assets to manage. So uh, that's uh, that's uh, an asset class that we we really like. So if you found a whole a park and say it had a bunch of units, maybe it's 50-50, right? Where the way the, the way that it was owned, um, the ones that were owned by the park, uh, the, the sorry, the mobile homes that were owned by the park. If you had inherited a bunch of those, would you uh, work on trying to like I don't know, uh, lease option them or sell them to the tenants or rent to own them or do something to move them to the tenants or or would that just be I would you just stay away from those kind of parks? Yeah, that's something you. So what you really need to be uh, mindful of when purchasing them is when you do your underwriting, explain to the seller I'm going to underwrite the income just for the pads. And I'm going to assign a value to the home based on the the shape they're in, rather than calculating the income based on um, um, rather than doing your numbers based on the the income generated from the from the houses. That's very important because if your end goal is to sell those homes, which you can do, yeah. in, be careful though because in certain uh, states and uh, you need you need a dealer license to be able to do that. So you may have to uh, uh, really uh, even in your like own park, eh? Yeah, yeah. So you need a dealer license. So you need to make sure that you are you do that properly. And uh, but yeah, yeah, that can be done. And like you said, you know, there are ways uh, to to sell to uh, to, to the tenants uh, that make it uh, viable for the the tenant and and the the seller. So you're looking. I'm just I'm just going to keep going down this path of like sort of evaluating these parks and what you're kind of looking for. Um, but you know, there's ones that are in the city, and you'll have city water and city sewer. And then there's ones in the country that might be on uh, septics or beds or other things like that. Does that will you buy either kind or does that does that matter? Yeah, typically we buy uh, with city public water and public sewer. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it can be tricky because, uh, um, but that's like any other, like any scenario. You know, you can you can be very good at at one asset class and you can specialize in mobile home parks that have well and septic. And, um, you know, as long as you maintain and you factor into your, your underwriting, the cost of maintaining a septic, replacing it when it needs to be replaced, uh, you can, you can be successful in that, in that area as well. But typically, uh, what can happen if, if you buy on the countryside and the city is expanding, the city may require you to move, from um, and and get you to pay for uh, the transformation from uh, septic to a public. So that can be a, that can be costly. So um, so that's one thing also to be cognizant of when you invest in mobile home parks that are on the outskirts of, of cities. Okay, and like when you're looking at these parks, like you know, well maybe just in general, all parks they kind of have a stigma, like everyone at least. Um, before I was actually like did some research on this or read any books on this, um, you kind of have this vision of like, you know, trailer park boys, right? You have like that it's, um, how, how much does the stigma play into um, everything? Like with people wanting to live there, with people um, wanting to invest in them, like does, does that, I'm sure that's a factor. Yeah, I think, uh... It's a stigma, but uh, it's it's become really an asset class, like any other asset class now. And and investors who know who know the asset class um, typically are very bullish on it. And it's uh, the thing is with mobile home parks, it's uh, quite uh, res recession resilient. So that's one of the uh, the reasons why people like them. 
um, in a downturn, typically, you know, if uh, you have you have more people uh, looking for affordable options, and and typically uh, mobile home parks are the of affordable op option, and um, and also if you don't own the homes and the tenant doesn't pay the 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 lot rent then you you can go after the home so there is a so there is a, a big incentive there for the tenant to pay to pay the rent that's great because that's honestly what the biggest one of the big issues you have with a lot of places is um you know having skin in the game right that they the tenants have something you know, they have an incentive to pay rather than mm. be chased around um i know that you were like i mentioned already that you were assigning or selling a project um if you people are going to ask you, like, what would be the advantages of that project? Like, because, you know, you're, you're just talking about some of the things that make a park good or some things that you're looking for, for the, the deal specifically that you're looking on, what would be like the good things about it? Well, you want to pick areas. I think the, that's what made me made me have a good experience with real estate investing. You want to pick an area where... Uh, where there is demand for the assets. So you want to make sure that uh, there is population growth, drop growth, which will trigger that population growth. So you want to be on the path of growth. Uh, that's uh, one one key key element that I'll encourage people to look for. That's what I was looking for. Uh, uh, and then, uh, yeah, deals that uh, uh, cash flow, so, uh, you do your own underwriting. It's very important that people take take responsibility for what they do. Um, but yeah, so typically uh, good numbers, uh, high cap rate. And if those properties are off market, uh, there could be a situation where you have an asymmetry of, of uh, information where the, the seller uh, might be willing to sell for a price that would be lower than if you were in a competing offer situation so uh, that's one of the big advantages of uh, going off market awesome is there anything that you wanted to talk about about like mobile home parks or you know your industrial or the other buildings the stuff that you wanted to talk about that maybe i just didn't ask <laughs> uh, my event yeah let's talk about your event yeah so i'm organizing this event I'm part of a group, um, a mastermind group, and I, I see a lot of value and it has been life-changing for me. So uh, my my aspiration is to replicate um, that type of mastermind. And uh, so I am I'm I started an in-person group locally. And, and Glenn, thanks again for being the, our first guest. We had a, a great event when you came out. Yeah, uh, we talked you. about uh, investing in the US and house flipping. And, uh, and Glenn is awesome to be around. He's a... Uh, uh, Lots of energy, <laughs> and um, yeah, and I want to give back. Uh, so the events are free. I want to give back. I want to because I find uh, uh, real estate has treated me right and uh, has done has done has helped me uh, become financially free, um, location free, and um, not worry free, and uh, not because it's never completely passive, even as an LP. Wow. The limited partner. Sometimes you you may have to uh, step up to the to the plate, but um, yeah, it has it has given me a lot, and and I'm part of a mastermind of people who uh, think alike. And sometimes being an entrepreneur can be lonely. So I created this in person mastermind, this in person event, 
that focuses on real estate investing so that others you know can 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 benefit and, and leverage the room and leverage other people's expertise and oh i need a contractor i need some help what should i do right now uh, i have this uh, i'm in this financial pickle who has a creative idea of how i could get out of it i'm brand new to real estate investing what is what is the path so there is this event that happens in London once a month in the third week of the of the of the month, third or fourth, typically on a Tuesday night. Uh, it's in uh, Old North, and we rent an office space. Um, and basically, uh, one activity we do during the event. So the the structure we have two guest speakers. So we 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 sharpen our skills with those guest speakers. We learn together, and then we have um, people introducing themselves. So the the group is still uh, is still small. So uh, we go around and we have a uh, time to uh, learn about each other. And then we have a masterminding session where we have a situation presented to us. And we basically, uh, in small groups, come up with ideas of uh, last time was a, a student with uh, so much money in debt, degree in humanities, wants to get started in real estate investing. What could they do? And so every time I try to come up with a problem and we to put our heads together to try to solve it. And out of this group... I want to create a mastermind where we meet among entrepreneurs um, on Zoom. So it's going to start with local people and, and hopefully grow from there. And, and, and people will realize the value of the group where you come, you bring your, 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 the issues you may be facing. And, and sometimes, you know, um, you, you can think your way into the, the solution, but someone someone else in the group will think of something, say something that can be useful or ask a question. You know, sometimes it's asking a question, the right question, reframing the problem. So I see a lot of value in masterminding for entrepreneurs. So that's something I want to I want to help um, grow. And also another thing I'd like to discuss is um, so my passion for entrepreneurship. And there is a, so I, I want to do more wholesaling and and uh, help others grow their portfolio. And I want to turn that into a business and I'm looking into EOS. And there is a EOS entrepreneur or organizational system is a great system for people who are, who have, who run businesses. It's a very, they systematized um, accountability, uh, the way to articulate your vision. And those tools are really helpful. And I'm working on my VTO, my, my vision and, um, uh, and basically having a 10-year vision, having a clear vision about what it is you want to accomplish helps as a filter because sometimes entrepreneurs can be uh, tempted to uh, by the shiny object syndrome. So it's really good to have this, this exercise of focusing on your vision and then establishing your vision and then having a filter to, to be able to say no to, okay, this is a great opportunity, but uh, no, it doesn't fit my vision, so I'm not going to not going to embark or no, this is not the right client for me. I have this um, pool of clients and that's what I focus on their needs, their specific needs. And that's, that's all I do. I, I don't want to be everything for everybody. I just focus. I love it. And I think everyone listening to this can uh, definitely get the vibe that Ari is definitely uh, giving back. He is, he is definitely looking to, uh, to help and, uh, He's going to have nice, clear karma um, for doing such thing, right? <laughs> you know, what comes around goes around, right? So, um, no, I, I, I love that. And honestly, that's that, that's 
honestly that's the best way to grow um and that's how i grew as well is you just give and give and the opportunities show up when they people want to work with you people want to do things with you uh, because of that at least that's how it grew for me um because you just do it for so long for free and eventually there's opportunities it's a hard way to do it um but it's the it'll be the way you'll sleep the best at night <laughs> so yeah and if i can recommend a book would be go giver I think it's a great um, inspiration to uh, to to provide value and then uh, to be to be a, a source of value in the world. And I think, Glenn, our podcast together with Darcy really aims at helping. Where we we encourage people to send us questions and then we we put our brains together trying to help come up with uh, strategies or ideas and uh, and ways for people to get started. What to do with that amount of money? What could you do now in this uh, environment? So. We also try to lead with value there. Yeah, and it's like uh, it, it's it's a win win because like the audience gets to hear that. Um, but even for our, myself, whenever we're planning for them, sometimes these aren't easy questions to answer, um, and they really make you think about what your your goals are, uh, if it's in alignment with you. Uh, everything it, it makes some of them are really deep questions and they're, they're not easy to answer um and if you uh, like i challenge you if you just even listen to some of the shows and try to do some of the exercises yourself that, like to try if you were going to speak about this what you would say it's not easy necessarily because it comes from uh, deep within some of these questions we have to come up with um, yeah all right people wanted to track you down they're interested in uh you know getting some assistance with uh learning how to do this um with with all this uh they're interested in you know some of the mobile home parks you're doing um how do they how do they track you down or the one who don't hear about the conference or you're not conference your your meetup um which i like he said well i was the guest and i'm hoping i'm going to attend the one in february as well so i'll probably be there inside in person unless unless my kids hockey comes up again otherwise i will be there <laughs> um yeah how do, yeah, you, how do they find you People can get in touch with me by uh, emailing at real the real estate coaching circle at gmail.com, the real estate coaching circle at gmail.com. I love to help entrepreneurs. I'm passionate about entrepreneurship. So I'm starting a mastermind right now. Um, I take on new people to help them push their businesses with accountability and masterminding. You can get in touch, the real estate coaching circle at gmail.com. Thank you, Glenn, for the interview. Perfect. That's the easiest way, easy spot to find everything, the mindful investor. I will put that in the show notes as well. Um, Ari, like like always, like every single week when we chit chat, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Glenn. Great show. That was a nice video. Bye.